due to the type of interviews conducted, we are not recording in the studio. Some audio may not be clear. The goal of our Support Our White Troops segment is to bring light to the experiences of people of color and of members of the LGBTQ plus community that serve in the United States military. Thank you for listening to the American Dream Isn't Real podcast. Hello, this is M.E. Williams Books on the American Dream Isn't Real podcast. And today we're going to do the second part of our segment, Support Our White Troops. And if you haven't figured out why it's titled that yet, you may really soon. (laughs) And today I have a guest and I'm going to let him introduce himself because since it's related to the military, I don't want anyone getting in trouble and I don't want any type of hate mail or hate anything towards anyone. So you want to introduce yourself? Hey, it's your boy, Skinny Penis. Oh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm keeping it, though. Just kidding. This is Jace with Jace Music. And what branch are you in? Girl, I'm in the Air Force, though. <laughs> trying to get out. Okay. Okay. Those are the hard ones for me, so. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we're going to start with some of the hard, well, the harder, like, social or societal questions. And the first question is... Have you heard the audio of the um, children being separated from their parents? So I actually have not heard the audio, and I don't know if that makes me a bad Hispanic American or whatever, but my heart truly goes out to those people. Like, that is something that is vile, and that that is just disgusting. Like, I have family members who they could have easily taken, and I think that it's disgusting, and I don't think I could stomach listening to the audio. Yeah, I didn't listen to it either. I'll be honest. I just like I saw it. It just it just uh, came out like five minutes ago, so it doesn't make you a bad Hispanic American. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw it, and I was like, I'm not gonna listen to that. Um, so you said you're Hispanic American. How do you feel, especially with this new like with all this immigration, um, like the policies and everything that's happening now? How do you feel serving in the military? I think that this entire administration has just been a giant witch hunt. Like. Taking it back to when we first started under Obama's um, administration, we had started getting some acceptance for, like, true acceptance for gay people in the military, and we started opening up to trans people in the military. And now, under his administration, my trans friends are getting kicked out of the military as if to say, like, oh, we got you, you came out as trans, now you're kicked out. And the same thing goes with the immigration policy. Like, they're actively seeking people that are just trying to survive, that are just trying to live outside of these like impoverished countries that they're living in, and they're trying to find a better life for them and their families. And all they're doing really is just, it's a giant witch hunt. So... You, you talked about two different things. <laughs> I did. The first one, the first one. We're going to get to the uh, transgender bill that this administration pushed through. But first, let's get back to the, like, the Hispanic uh, portion of it. Um, i get back to the original question about, like, being Hispanic American. And so did you know first that Obama deported a lot of people under his time in office? I mean, I didn't know that. I mean, obviously, there were a lot of people deported under his administration. Like, Mm. we're deporting people because of, you know, whether it's drug, like, the whole drug abuse and the drugs, the selling of drugs and narcotics in, you know, the western portion of America, Arizona, Texas, whatever. Or whether it's just, you know, another family trying to, like, get a living. Like, we, yes, people are getting deported and that is something that... 
happens, but at the same time, what do you think the difference is between like the outrage between people being deported now versus when they were deported under the Obama administration? Because I'll be honest, and I'm going to admit that I didn't know that Obama did have so, or his administration did have so many people deported until I looked at all the facts between like this current administration and his administration and Bush administration. Well, the difference is I. God, I don't even know if I'm if I know exactly this is true or not, but I'm pretty sure that the reason why this act of this this mass deportation and whatnot is so heart wrenching is because I think that the policy was changed. I think that under Obama, the Obama administration and administrations before then, it was illegal to separate families like you know children from their families even if they were illegal immigrants. And so either but they the all part went... of the policy that changed is the zero tolerance policy. So I know what you're talking about. I know what you're trying to say. So under the Obama administration, when someone crossed the border, when a person crossed the border illegally, it was only seen as a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. So it was just a first time and it wasn't high priority. They just got sent back. The second time, most of the time it was considered a felony, but they kept families together. Mm-hmm. This time, since they changed it to a zero tolerance policy, they're basically separating like people from their kids. Exactly. And the fact that we're housing children in warehouses and literal cages using fire, what are those, those metallic fire blankets to give, to keep them warm? Like, what is that? That's not a life. What did that child do to deserve that? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Just because... Just because their parents made what could be viewed as a mistake by entering a country to try to get a better life for themselves illegally because the process to become an, an actual U.S. citizen is insanely difficult. I don't think that's even the sad part. The sad part is like a lot of those people are seeking asylum. Or exactly. They're, they're trying to make a better life for themselves. They're right. trying to get away from something that obviously caused them to leave their country. What if tomorrow... We go bankrupt. Our our economy fuck just falls down the you know falls. I can't think of what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> what if people in America had to go somewhere else? Yeah. What, if, what if what if America became? Uh, what if what if it became so like what if America became such a terrible place to live that we needed to seek refuge somewhere else? And in Canada. Exactly. Who's <laughs> our enemy now, somehow? I love Canada, okay? I, <laughs> I love what's Canada. What's the Prime Minister's name again? But, I don't know, but he's cute. He's cute. He's daddy. He is everything. He is <laughs> all for the gays, all for the religious tolerance. He is everything, honey. Speaking of religious tolerance, though, this is getting a little off topic, but a lot of Muslims have been facing a lot of hate crimes in Canada. Oh, really? In Canada? In, in Canada. I mean, they have here too, obviously. Yeah, this is like, America. Like, this is America, home of the free. <laughs> home of the free. It yeah. wouldn't be free if, you know, Americans didn't assault exactly. Muslims every now and then. You know what I think? <laughs> you know what I think? I think that the problem is, is that there are too many, like, bigoted, conservative, ultra, like, Republican people out there that are so, like, shamelessly doing these hate acts towards people. And it's, like, seen as, like, another thing. I don't think the liberals do. They should start attacking them, and you know they should be they should be the ones to be scared to come out as a racist or a bigot or something. Like we shouldn't be we shouldn't have people in those societies scared to say because that's how the culture was for the last what four hundred years in America. Like it was even like even like if easy you, for racists. You mean? It was easy in for racists because years. yeah because <clears throat> because at the time like. 
if you were, let's just say you were like what they considered like a, like a person who simplifies, sim sympathizes with anyone who's different. So whether they're gay, whether they're, whether it was like, what is that when they, a black and white woman, a man and get together? Uh, interracial yeah, marriage. Yeah, interracial marriage. Like mm -hmm. you had to hide that because it was seen as bad and like never ever have these, those people, those bigots, those racists, whatever, never have they ever had to hide. That's true. And I think and that they should be scared to hide. Actually, I think they should be scared. I think they should have to hide. I think we're going to follow up on that, too. But the second thing you mentioned previously was uh, the transgender bill. And you said you have a lot of transgender, like, transgender people who are your friends in the military mm -hmm. currently. And the acceptance of gay people. So, in addition to you being Hispanic, you also, I'm assuming, identify as gay? Or in the gay community? Mm -hmm. Definitely part of the LGBTQ community. LGBTQ A plus plus <laughs> plus <laughs> they have that, what, the in that email today it was the I yes for intersex which honestly is definitely part of it but I, I just put a plus at the end because there's so many so with that being said along with like a bunch of I guess I think like brown immigrants are being turned away personally not, oh, yeah, not immigrants like you know like all immigrants but brown immigrants mm -hmm. um you also are i guess you're seen as both right like you're hispanic but you're also gay mm -hmm. so how do you fight both for or actually since you already talked about the uh, hispanic portion but what are your like what are your feelings about just being gay in the military as well okay girl and knowing transgender people because i mean i guess like being gay in the military is hard it's hard for a lot of reasons it was hard because people automatically see you as less than they see you as not as strong not as confident not as whatever and like at the end of the day i've got more confidence than 90 percent of the people that i work with let's be honest but <laughs> But, like, it's it's just a different community. It's a different culture. And there's a lot of people in the military who have never seen a gay person before in their life. And, like, the fact that I can get comments from people that, oh, wow, I did not realize that the stereotypical gay man actually existed until I met you. That sort of thing, like, it kind of cuts you. You're like, okay, wow, thanks for just seeing my sexual orientation and not really understanding the full well-developed person that i am and the person that i'm growing to be like so it's hard it's definitely hard and like in the beginning how did you because i know for me like you know being a black woman in the military in the beginning i was like oh they're just from somewhere they never associated with black people exactly. it's okay and i would make excuses for them mm -hmm. but then over time it just got tiring and it's like all right i'm not an animal in a zoo don't touch exactly. my hair <laughs> exactly so, how do you don't. deal with things like that well it's Honestly, it's it's a battle that I'm not really... If I'm being 100% honest, it's a battle I'm not really willing to fight. And at this mm -hmm. point, the best I can do is to just let it run off my shoulders. Because, yeah, sure, it happens every day. Every mm -hmm. day I see something new and I hear something new and something is just like... It, it tears you down. And at this point, I think it's best for me and the situation that I'm in is to just turn my shoulder, you know, turn turn the other cheek and walk away with pride because they don't know me. And if they don't want to get to know me, then that's their problem, not mine. I'll see you. Okay. So something more, if it's something more personal to you, then you kind of just try to let it go. 
But if it's something bigger, because you were telling me before about um, you're trying to do different PT times and stuff. So oh yeah, I so mean, you can feel more comfortable. Yeah, it's I'm obviously a bigger situation. For, I'm I'm always gonna be there for anyone who needs help. Like anyone who feels insecure, anyone who feels targeted, or anything, any type of like bigotry or hatred towards them, I'm gonna be there and I'm gonna stick up for you no matter what recently i think you're talking about the office pt situation um so we had um physical training that didn't allow a couple of the members in our office to shower in the safety and comfort of their own home but rather use the communal showers at the gym which a lot of them didn't feel comfortable using including myself so what i did was i volunteered to become a leader a ptl leader and um did the training, did all of the certifications, and made sure that my PT scores were where they needed to be so that I could be a leader and host a separate session for them because that that's not cool. That You shouldn't be putting people in positions. I know that in a deployed situation or whatever, it's a bit different, but we're not actively at war with anyone right now. So why do we need to force people to be uncomfortable? So... For you, it's more of like the big picture and the day-to-day things you kind of just let go. Yeah, because I know that I'm strong and I know that whatever happens to me, I can just let it go. And I I can let it wash off and it's fine. Like, I come home and I decompress. But for a lot of people, they don't have that voice and they don't have that strength. And, you know, I'm there for them because, I don't know, it's just really hard. I've been there before where nobody says anything. Yeah, because sometimes people don't speak. Mm-hmm. So you speak for other people. Okay, so before you're about to go off on the whole transgender bill. <laughs> and we've seen it kind of flop, go back and forth. So obviously, it was, well, it didn't appear to be an issue in the beginning. Then Trump said he was going to ban, or he did try to, but then they reversed. Mm-hmm. And then they just tried to do something else again, right? Mm-hmm. Now there's Now it's officially like banned, though. As a, so if you're not, I think it's, I think it's, I want to say it's 36 months. It might be actually 72 months, um, double mm-hmm. that. But I think that if you are not actively, like you have not, what they consider, they've given us a timeline of either 36 or 72 months. And they say, if you have transitioned fully and been in the military this long, then you are now, you know, whatever gender you are and, mm-hmm. you know, you to the military, it's fine because you've already done it and you've already acclimated. But if you're not, if you're trying to change, you know, if you're trying to um, get on hormone therapy or have the surgery or whatever um, before that timeline, then they're kicking people out. And correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but they use the argument that it will be too costly. Yes. Right. <laughs> but we're not talking about Viagra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the point I was trying to get to. Exactly. Like, they spend more money for these for these <laughs> higher-ups to, uh, you know... <laughs> to keep it up. To higher keep it up, up essentially. <laughs> they're, they're spending more money on Viagra for, like, half the friggin' military member, the military community, but... Which, the cost is, like, exponentially more. I don't know how much exactly, but, like... For you to justify these medical expenses, which, don't get me wrong, I, I think that the, the reason a lot of people join the military is for medical care. Like, yes, especially now, healthcare just to, is expensive. Just to, like, put somebody down for being trans 
and maybe seeing that as an option to get the help that they need because there are a lot of mental health things that come with it too mm -hmm. are they mentally incapable i don't think so but mental health is like afforded to the entire military it's community. afforded to the military it's so a, it shouldn't be like oh you're gonna need mental health so. exactly <laughs> they it's just if you're if you're strictly speaking on bad investments, you should probably stop giving Viagra to everyone. And you should, you know, if we want to be real radical about it, don't let women in the military because then they're getting pregnant and they're getting out and, you know, you just point at me? scam in the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> you know, robbery and fraud. But, <laughs> but, like, you can have that argument with literally everything. And I think that the overall health benefits that come from it and the overall morale boost it way outweighs the fact that like oh we're spending a couple extra thousand dollars or whatever the mm -hmm. price is like it doesn't even matter because we we as a military do are fraud waste and abuse queens like hey hey we're supposed to report fraud waste and abuse <laughs> let me go ahead and tell you uh, <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding so the thing i have like the biggest issue with is um people say like it, it might affect readiness right but there are jobs in the military that don't deploy. There are. There are so, so many people that don't deploy in the I military. I feel like that's something that can be fixed from the beginning. So if you're enlisting and maybe that's like one of the questions. Well, you can't really ask like medical questions, right? I don't But like so. when you're like choosing a job, they should, the recruiter should explain all the jobs to you and say, this job doesn't deploy this does this and that way you can still be like effective exactly. in your job and worst case scenario if somebody's already in a career field that they like they want to transition they feel like they need to transition you temporarily place them in a job set that doesn't deploy let them transition let them acclimate to their new body and then put them back in because at the end of the day they're just as strong as their male or female counterparts like yeah i don't think it was an issue until recently i don't know like it's become an issue because the previous issue was gays getting married, and now that that's already passed, we need mm -hmm. something else to move on, and we need something else to move on. Has to. it really passed though? I'm gonna I mean, backtrack a little bit. How do you feel about the the baker, the cake situation? Girl, like the Supreme Court ruled that he like it was. Okay. That is such a that is such a hard question for me because <clears throat> if it were a government organization, mm -hmm. I think that. You shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't deny someone a government service because of whatever, X, Y, and Z. But, like, also, like, as shitty of a thing as that it was to do, like, it was his private business, right? It was a private business. So, I, I feel like I want to feel that way. But then you get on the slope of, like, segregation because they did that to black people. In private businesses, black people weren't allowed into certain spaces. That's true. So, how do you, like... How do you draw... I mean, the Supreme Court, I guess they didn't necessarily draw a line because they said it only applies to this one case, mm -hmm. this one man. It yeah. doesn't apply to everybody. So... I don't know. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's hard because I want people to have the right to do whatever they want to, but I also mm -hmm. want people to not be fucking assholes. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, use that to, like, um, basically hurt somebody else. But... I think that I think that personally, if they were really backed by like if their true motive was religion, I think that Jesus would have fucking baked the cake and he would have been like, "Yes, queen, get married, go on, you got this." But I also think Jesus was gay, so controversial opinion. Oh my god! DM me, Twitter handle at Jace Music. 
<laughs> I'm going to keep all this. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to get a little, like... You Actually, know, some... you know what? Don't even DM me. I'm just going to post. I'm going to rant about it on Twitter later today. <laughs> I'm going to be like, Jesus, hashtag gay, okay? And I'll give you all the lowdown later. <laughs> so I'm going to go to, like, switch the topic a little. Why did you join the military? And what year did you join? Girl, I joined in 2013. So 2013, it was under President Obama. Yes, Pres O. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Fam. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I joined the military because I did not have access. I I wanted to go to college. Mm-hmm. That was the first and foremost thing. And like, although I got a couple scholarships and like I had some really good opportunities, I talked myself out of it because I didn't want to have to go in debt ever. Mm-hmm. And like I was terrified of student loans and. I didn't want to be the, the, you know, one of the numerous millennials that are, that graduate with a degree that does them no good and has a... Shout out to me. Hey, (laughs) shout out to you, debt free. That's true. Pay that off. But, you know, I came out of, you know, I came out of high school and I really wanted to make a difference. And the only way that I saw myself doing that, and it might have been narrow minded or... I might not have had a broad enough view on the world at the time, but I thought that the only way I was going to actually be able to do some good is if I got that stability from the military first. And that's that's the only reason. And lo and behold, I got PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) Me too! Girl! I talked about it before. Girl. PTSD. My therapist was like, I think you definitely have PTSD. Um, so... When do you think that developed, though? Like, from your... Honestly, that wasn't from the military. That was from from my childhood. We won't get into that right now. Okay. (laughs) So, from your... I guess... Have you accomplished what you set out to accomplish when you joined? Or are you still kind of finding... I'm still definitely finding my way. I mean, honestly, I thought I would have my album out by now. I thought I would have a bachelor's degree. And I thought I would be a lot more financially stable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I'm broke with no degree and have half an album done, so... <laughs> you still get a steady check. You that's can just fix, true. You, you can fix the finances. Uh-huh. And that's where, I'm, that's where I'm really focusing on right now, which is a shitty excuse why I haven't been doing my music. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> you want to continue music? Or? I do. I do. Um, I definitely want to continue music, and I love it. Um... It's a love-hate thing for me because it's absolutely my passion. And I, you know, if somebody came up to me today and they were like, I want to sign you. And I would be like, let's go. Like, literally, I will sign they my soul away. Buy a military contract first. True. You know, true. <laughs> but if they were like, if you sell us your soul, we can make you a famous like, star. I would have been like, take it and take hers too. Like, let's go. <laughs> because all, I, like, all I've ever wanted was to be famous. And... Mm-hmm. I was really good at you singing. Maybe after this interview. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> but like, you know, singing was my passion and singing was something that I loved doing. And I was like, hey, I want to be famous and I love singing. Like, let's go. And I, you know, I've been working on my music. I've been doing my thing. I'm still trying to find my sound. It's coming. What was your at name? Your at? Your handle? Um, All I keep saying at Jace Music, but I know that each one is different. What do you want? My Twitter, my Twitter. What's the one you use the most? Where people can reach out to you if you want them to. Um. So my Twitter is the one that I don't use the most, but it's probably the most accessible for people. Is at Jace J A Y C E underscore music. 
Okay. And you guys can follow me there. I post a bunch of political shit, but I also post some music <laughs> too, so. <laughs> okay, so joining 2013. Fast forward to when people voted for the current administration. Mm. Um, have things changed? Not not like specifically for like just Hispanic and uh, you being gay, but have things changed overall for you that you've seen? In the military? Been, or... Yeah, in the military. We're going to start with the military. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't think so. I think that... Because when I joined, they were already doing, like, the... Um, when I... Well, when I already joined, they were already, like, campaigning. Trump was already campaigning. And, like, the bigots were starting to come out of the... Did you believe he would win, though? I had... I had... Started girl... Campaigning. I would have put my life and soul that he wouldn't have won. It felt like there were, like, 20 Republicans running in the beginning. There were a lot of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I had no idea that he was going to win. When he got the Republican nomination, I was actually really excited because I wanted Hillary Clinton to beat the shit out of him. (laughs) And so that the, you know... I think a lot of people thought it would happen that way. Exactly. And I was like, this would be a message to the Republican Party. Like, hey, quit fucking sending these radical losers out there. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) And lo and behold, that did not happen. <laughs> so you said earlier too, you said um, now it's like easy for racist and people like that. Mm-hmm. Like what stands out in your head the most? Specific instances or what? Yeah, or anything. Um... <laughs> what stands out? Actually, I'm trying to blink. Well, there. So me being a light-skinned, white-passing Mexican American, I was sheltered a lot from what the rest of my family and my siblings had encountered. Um, the only time, the only specific time I can think was when I went to go pay. So I went to court because my registration was, you know, overdue. And the only reason why it was overdue is because I'm in Nebraska. The California DMV is not talking to me. I sent in all my paperwork, and they're just like, whatever. Um, so a couple months go by, and I'm like, hey, I still don't have this, and I'm, dry, I'm, I'm riding dirty, essentially. And so I get pulled over, I get a ticket, and I'm going to go contest it at court because I'm like, hey, this isn't really my fault considering that I sent in all the paperwork and everything. Um, and four separate times did the judge ask me if I needed a translator. Like, <laughs> in Omaha, Nebraska, this little brown boy is standing in the courtroom, and she's like, do you need a translator? I don't think you understand the law. I don't think your understanding of the English language is enough. I speak four different languages. English is my first language. Like, <laughs> I think that I understand English enough to know that I might have a case. You know, I'm like... It wasn't even the fact that she was like, it was just insulting. It was rude and it was hateful. And I think that's the kind of thing that we see more and more now. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't necessarily see it towards me as much, thank God. But like, I need to, like, it's important that I use my voice for the times I do see it for other people. Mm -hmm. And that is the important part. How did that make you feel like, because you said you were white passing, but in that situation, you were not? (laughs) In that situation, (laughs) I wasn't. And like... Well, maybe I you're just, that, like, different from everyone else that were in there. So, yeah, like, no, that was exactly it. I The thing is, we are different. Like, people see us as different, and they're always going to see us as different. Like, I, I 
have seen the looks that I get from people. I used to live in North Carolina, Brunswick County, girl, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, backwoods, like just off the beach, but like enough inland that it was like, girl. <laughs> and like I was like, I was so bullied back then. And just because like I had darker skin and darker hair and people were just like, you know, oh, you're the brown kid and like all that stuff. And like I took it with stri- I took it in stride, obviously, and I got to know a lot of cool people because, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm a cool person and I, you know, I showed them that there was a little bit more to me than the color of my skin. But the fact that, like, a seven-year-old has to justify that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they have to, you know, make friends with these, like, bias already, like, placed on them. It's just, it's not a good environment. Yeah. I think the, I have a lot of examples of mm-hmm. <laughs> racist from, like, from a squadron level all the way up to the administration and i think what sticks out most to me is like the recent situation with puerto rico and well besides like the immigration laws obviously mm-hmm. but the situation with puerto rico and the amount of people counted dead was far higher than they thought mm-hmm. and also puerto rico not receiving aid even though they're supposed to be like a u.s territory yeah but of course you know they don't vote in elections Mm-hmm. And also, it's full of brown people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people... So, what power do they have, essentially? Yeah, what power do they have? And that's that's the point. That's, like, the shitty part about it is, like, the brown community... The brown and black community have just been stripped of all their power. And, it, it like, it, it sucks to, like, think that, like, race plays such a big role. But if you see... If you look at the way Florida was treated or the way Houston was treated, it's totally different from the way Puerto Rico. They've, Ricans like, recuperated. Like, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. some parts of Puerto Rico still don't have any electricity. Water. Water. <laughs> nothing. And, like, bringing it to a different level, you know, a different level, the the shitty part is, is, like, pop culture, it seems, is where, like, the few people that get power that are people of color, whether they're brown or black or whatever, that's, like, the only... And sports. Pop culture and sports is, like, the only thing that we've got going for us right now. And, like, people, don't get, don't get me wrong, we're trying. We are trying oh, to make a yeah, political yeah, statement. Yeah, yeah, we are yeah, trying definitely. to, like, people disregard that. They disregard it because you're an artist. Mm. And it's, like, just because I'm an artist doesn't mean I don't understand politics, like, you know, or I don't understand, like, the political climate of the time. That's what, you know, inspires my music. And I agree with you. And then I think of Kanye West, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> He's sick. <laughs> You're right. right. I, I said sick. I won't speak on Kanye West until he needs until he something. needs help. And um. So okay, in that same, I'm not gonna like mention Kanye West, but in that same vein, like when you see like I guess uh, political correspondents saying like athletes, musicians, um, people in the entertainment industry should just stick to their jobs and not have a voice. Like, what kind of society is that? <laughs> yeah. When like, they we, get to vote, too. Exactly. <laughs> they get to vote. And when we don't, when we're not listening to somebody just because of their career, just because of what we view them as, then mm-hmm. that's basically, like we said, it's, it's taking away their power. That is just ingraining more and more that, like, you have one role in life, and that is your role, and you don't get to do anything else. You don't get to decide anything else. And that's, like, this really fucked up dystopian society that I want no part in. If so, for me, well, young people, young people, (laughs) yes, okay. Ask me if I voted for Hillary. Yes, I did. (laughs) 
Do you, so that was the first time I could vote. That was the first oh, time okay. I was legally allowed to vote, and I voted for Hillary. Do you can, what, what type of... You don't I should have vo- I should have voted third party. I was a little bit misinformed, but that's because California is mm. a blue state already, and like Hillary oh. would have got the vote anyway. And so spreading my votes to a third party would just help to strengthen them essentially. Mm. But I still voted for her because I think the I think I don't know I think having third actually I don't like having parties period. Yeah, no, I think that we but should. having more parties is better than having two parties. Oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Which is why I said I should have put my votes towards something else like maybe the libertarians or the green party or something maybe not the green party <laughs> you're still trying to figure it out yeah are you like definitely it was your first time voting so mm-hmm. do you think you're more informed now or like the same I think, yeah i think that i think that i have done a lot more research and i've learned a lot more and like my interest in politics has gone up like ask me like five years ago what I was interested in and it wasn't politics at all like mm-hmm. because and that's that's the biggest reason that's one of the biggest reasons why this happened you know like why yeah. we're in the situation we have is because young people aren't interested in it and because it's not a glamorous thing and it's not something that you know people are gonna look at and they're gonna say wow that is you know that is just something I strive to do <laughs> <laughs> at least not me <laughs> I vote any and every time I can mm-hmm but I'm one of the only people I know to do that. Exactly. Like, even, like, not just big elections. I'm talking about, like, my local... Because, to me, local is more important than the big elections. Because mm-hmm. that's determine, like, your judges, like, your municipalities, all of that. And I think I don't think a lot of people know that. Yeah, no. Or they don't really care. <laughs> I'm super excited because I get to go back to California in the mm-hmm. next month. And that's around the time that those... What is that? Primaries? Not primaries. Um... Local. For the midterms? Yeah, the midterms and stuff like that. I'm gonna... Those are still kind of big elections. Because that's like Senate and... Mm-hmm. Um, but like they also have... Well, I don't... Actually, I don't know how California works. But like St. Louis has like the municipalities that you can vote for in counties and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So those are just as important to vote for. Um, all right. So what are your plans after the military then? Oh, my plans after the military consist of... Or do you plan on doing 20 years? Oh, no, girl. No. <laughs> uh, I'm getting out, that's for sure. Um, now, what I want to do once I get out of the military. First of all, I've decided that I'm going to need a semi-stable job. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure that I'm leaning towards becoming a flight attendant because... Who is it? Delta? They need help. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like every week an airline comes out with something they didn't did wrong or something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I'm there, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be able to help out the situation. Like, <laughs> hey, look, he's Middle Eastern, but he's cool. No! <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I'm definitely gonna. I think I'm gonna apply to be a flight attendant. I'm gonna continue working on my music, continue putting that grind in, and um, get work on getting my degree. Those are my three goals. And like bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. I'm still debating whether I want to do a boring business degree or if I want to (laughs) get into, maybe try to get into a school for music production or something. Okay. But, yeah. Overall, like, how do you think your time in the military has gone so far? Overall, just... Um, I will say there were some really good times. Mm -hmm. Like, I've had good times in the military, I'm not gonna lie. Like, some of it has been pretty fun, and like... There is a part of the culture that, you know, really allowed me to open up and, like, find myself a little bit more. Um, But 
I would say I'm 50-50. Like, it was good, but it was bad. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of neutral or gray areas. It's usually suffer or party. <laughs> I kind of feel the same way. Like, I feel like there are, I've met better people than I have met, mm-hmm. like, terrible people. Yeah. The terrible people stick out, obviously. Like, I can remember all those people. Mm-hmm. But there are also some really good people. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are some good people, and they... You know, and not to say that staying in the military is like, you know, any less of a decision or, you know, whatever. Like, if you want to stay in the military, stay in the military. And if it's good for you, it's good for you. Like, that's awesome. Um, But it's just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. It was not. And I still got another year and a half, girl. So (laughs) you you are like virtually grasping your (laughs) DD-214. And I'm sitting here like... Someday, but yeah. I can't wait to get it in my hand, though. Girl. <laughs> I'm literally going to take a picture. To see if it's, <laughs> just to know that it's real. Well, it was good having you. Um, again, this segment is called Support Our White Troops. And if you have any questions, you can email me at mewilliamsbooks at gmail.com. And you can also email me if you have any like follow-up questions for Jace. Or I guess you can message his handle mm-hmm. <laughs> that he gave you. I'll be here. I'll be active. I'll be out there. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. And thank you for coming. Thank you. <laughs>